Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians is in the New Testament, if you're aware of the Bible. If you're using a paper Bible, it's going to be like more than three-fourths of the way back. A lot of us are using our phone or apps to look at the Bible, 1 Corinthians 12. And I'm going to begin with a, a childhood memory that I have. Uh, I was probably five, maybe a little younger than that. Uh, my family, for family time kind of stuff, at times we would go camping. Anybody ever been camping? Anybody ever heard of camping? Oh, yeah, most of Okay, so camping, you know, the whole thing, you go to a campground. Well, we went to a campground, as far as I can remember, I think maybe we only went to this campground once, because usually we went to the same place. And I think one of the reasons we went there was because it was known for having a cave. I don't know what campground it was, but it was a cave campground. Okay. And when we got there, I think this was the first afternoon when we set up camp, my brother and I asked our parents, hey, can we go check out the cave? And so my parents said, sure, because they didn't love us. They just said, go into the cave. No, they didn't. Said, you know, that's, you know, so we could follow the signs. I don't know, get to the cave. So they said, yeah. So we went to the cave. I don't know, we checked out the cave. I don't have a lot of memories of that. On the way back from the cave, my brother and I got into a fight because we were like at a fork of the road and he thought the camper was one way and I was convinced the camper was the other way. And so we ended up in a, in a you know, like this all-out little boy wrestling match. You're stupid. You're stupid. Anyway, it was really intellectually stimulating, I'm sure. And, and so he threw me down because he was, you know, that's the way it worked. He was eight. I was five. He won the fight, threw me down. And I got up, I was so mad, I decided I would go Forrest Gump on him, and I just started running. <laughs> I was, was bawling, <laughs> you hurt me, and I just started running. Well, I ran and ran, and I ran from the East Coast to the West Coast, and then back, and they made a movie about me. No, they didn't. That was a Forrest Gump thing. I, sorry. I ran, though. And I must have run far enough that I didn't know where I was. And then this is when, like, the memories become really real to me because I began to be afraid. I'm now walking on a road. I think I was probably still in the campground park, but I'm way away from everything. There are no campers anywhere, and now I've been gone long enough that it's starting to get dark, and I'm walking just down this road with woods on both sides, and I'm getting, I'm getting like, okay, this is bad. And I think my brother was right about which way was the way to get back. So I began to be afraid. And I still remember one car pulled up next to me. I don't remember. I'm assuming you know, a couple nice people. And they said something like, hey, little five-year-old boy, are you lost? Are you okay? And I lied. I said, no, I'm good. I'm sorry just out for a walk, <laughs> and lied to him, and probably just, uh, you know, my camper's set up over there, and I, I don't know, but I basically tried to be the big boy and lie and say, no, I'm fine, go on. So as they drove away, 
then it set in even more like that was a stupid move probably sh and so I'm now walking and I'm beginning to be really afraid and you know tearing up like this is a mess and another car pulled up and this I remember most vividly it was like this old style station wagon that had way too many people in it and and I and they pulled up and and it looked something like this I took I pulled out my phone I pulled out my phone and I took a picture this is them just kidding there was no phone and they rolled down the window. Some of you don't remember this. You used to have to roll down a window. They had a crank. And they said, a, a lady said to me, are you okay? And I went, no! And I lost, I don't know where I am. My brother threw me down. And so then they, and I remember the kids in the back, like 40 of them, I don't know how many. And I remember like, Getting in the back and probably being embarrassed because my eyes, you know, I was crying, closing the, closing the door, and then ultimately they took me to the ranger station, and the ranger station took me home. I tell the story to make, this is what I'm trying to make a point, like in that moment, I was better off packed into a strange looking station wagon than I was walking out alone in the woods. That's the, the point. I was better off, and where we're headed today is the benefit, the huge benefit, the huge benefit of being in the community rather than being out on your own. If you don't know, that's okay, but if you read the Bible very much, you'll find some of the more tragic stories in the Bible happen when people were alone. There's a guy named David in the Old Testament, really pretty important figure in the Bible. His biggest screw-up happens when he should have been with his army and his soldiers in community where God made him to be effective. Instead, he just stayed home, alone. Makes horrible decisions. There's another story of a man who is a prophet, a spokesperson of God, and his lowest, arguably his lowest emotional time, he becomes suicidal when he's alone. Uh, in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, maybe John 2, they're called the Gospels, they tell the story of Jesus. Most of them include an account where the, the devil tries to tempt Jesus. It's like the devil's plan to derail the story of Jesus and salvation. And the, the plan is Jesus goes to the desert where he is tempted all alone. And he, and he of course, Jesus... Jesus masterfully navigates temptation alone in the desert. If you want to take away right now, early in the message, we're not Jesus. We do not survive alone. We don't have the same skill set as the Lord of the universe. We're better off in community. Some Bible verses, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. I'm going to hit several. God said it is not good for the man to be alone. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, Pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Hebrews 10.24 Let us consider how we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. Acts 2.42, 
It's talking about one of the more powerful times in church history. Great spiritual things were happening. Uh, and, and part of what's going on is they devoted themselves, this is the Christians, devoted themselves to a few things. And one of them was to fellowship, was to being together. Hold those thoughts. So we're in this series called This New Life, bringing clarity to a walk with God. And today we're going to try to bring some clarity to the, 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 the God's design for our life, which is to be, I'm going to say, deeply connected to other Christians, and I'm going to say in a church, in the church and in a church. So you might think, is this the talk about everybody should go to church? Yeah, that's that. it's that talk. <laughs> but can I go a little, this is not, oh, by the way, this is not because, this is not because, oh, because, you know, like we just want more people at the church. The, the heart of this is not that as a, a leader in the church, boy, I see the consequences so regularly. I want to say at least weekly. I had another one this week. I spent, spent, I don't know, two, three hours this week in a situation. Someone called and said, I know we've been, I know we've been, it starts like this. I know we used to be there and now we're gone and we, especially with the COVID stuff, which has made it really more comp. I know we were there and now we're gone. And I'm like, yeah, where have you been? How are you? We're in a mess. And the, the narrative of that is so common. And how many you know life is hard anyway? Amen. You're supposed to say amen. Life, it gets really hard alone. Um, okay. We're going to learn from this 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 12 chapter. It's comparing Christian community to the human body. Maybe you've heard of the body of Christ. This is where that comes from. Here's what it says. Now, we're in verse 15. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? There's, you know, I don't know, two or three more verses that talk about if the eye should say, and what about the eye and the ear and all these different body parts. And then you go on to verse 21, it says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. One more verse. So that there should be no division, no separation. There should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each 
other. There's a lot there, but I want to bring up two ideas. These are basically reasons to, to get and stay connected to a healthy church. The title of the talk is A New Friend Group, The Necessity of Spiritual Connection. And so uh, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to give you some ideas on why we should. Oh, by the way, there's probably three groups of people listening or here. Some of you, you're like deeply connected to the church, or maybe you're just visiting our church, but you're d- deeply connected somewhere, and you're doing great. This is the talk that will encourage you stay, keep doing that. Just keep doing that. Some of you maybe were good at a time, but now you're a little f- more farther away. This is the talk that says, come on. It's not, come on. Be back in the church. You're in a vulnerable spot if you're not. If you're just new and you're checking out the whole God thing, the Jesus thing, this is an important part of what it is to follow Jesus. Is he will call, by the way, this is a good thing. He calls you into a family. So let me pray, and I'll give you some ideas. God, help us. I pray for all those different people groups that this would bring motivation for us so that our future would be as bright as it can be because we'll be in a good community. In Jesus' name, amen. Two ideas from the text. First one is this. Get and stay in church because the church needs your skills. The church needs your skills. The first idea that we're going to talk about is not so much about you. It's about what's kind of about us, though. It's because you'd be super helpful to have your abilities, your gifts within the ministry of God. Now, a side note for me personally, I love this stuff because I like to try to make a difference. I like to have some purpose in my life. So this is one of the things, I don't have much time to go on a tangent, but I'll go on just a tiny one. Why are you laughing? One of the things that I absolutely love Boy, that sounded like a really big statement. I liked a lot when I became a Christian was it pulled me outside of my self-centered life and gave me a reason to live besides my next buzz or date or dollar or Does that make sense? I am so grateful that God said, come here. I got something for you to do. Okay, that was just for you. Just a little tangent. Um, But in the the text, it's talking about these different, the eye and the hand and the ear and the foot. And then it says in verse 17, it paints this weird picture. I think on purpose, if the whole body were an eye, stop. Ponder that. If you, right now, if some supernatural thing happened and all of a sudden we, if, you, if your body right now didn't have all the parts, you were just one part, you're an eyeball. Let's just pretend right now. We are all eyeballs sitting in this room. This gets kind of weird. Doesn't this get kind of weird? Can you imagine, oh, what fun we would have if we're all just doing this? Now, I would say something, but I can't because I don't have a mouth. (laughs) You realize, I'm going to kind of talk, okay. But, like, you realize how boring, weird, how dysfunctional this all gets? Because you're going to be going, and all I'm going to do back is, (laughs) 
And then it gets kind of creepy when you think, what if, you, what if we all hear a sound, like someone opens the back door and comes in, and we're, we're eyeballs, and we're like, boy, I wish I had, I wish I could see what, what if it's a threat? What if like a threat comes in the room, and we're just eyeballs? We're just thinking, man, I hope they eat somebody else before they eat me. <laughs> because there's no protection without the different parts do you understand? You think, run. I can't. Or then I, I did think of this, roll, roll. We're just like trying to roll. Like, Did you see how weird? You cannot be just one. We need all the body parts. One other thing is I thought from a sensitive side, I thought, what if you look over and one of our, one of our eyeballs, we're, they're just crying. Like you can just see they're weeping. And, you're, and you think in your mind, but I guess you don't have a brain. But we might have a brain. You'd think, oh, I want to be helpful. <laughs> Crap, I got nothing for you. But looks like you could use a hug, but I don't have anything to give to these people. Is that not? So here, this, there's a point. There really is. Write this down. Paul paints a comical picture. I think he does this when he says, just imagine if the whole body were one thing. He paints a comical picture to highlight the value of different abilities. That's what's going on. Because when, when you start putting all the different body parts together, magnificent things happen. I'm going to try to highlight this with one other little practical illustration about ministry happening in the church, or the ministry happening right now. Right now in this room, I'm trying to teach and encourage you guys. But there are other things going on even in this room that help this moment to happen. And without them doing what they do, this will be different. So if the sound guy... He'll be like, no, I love the power. I love the power. Hi, uh, we, we turned down the sound, online people. So you could got, do you see how like that affects our experience? For some of you, if we didn't do, have this sound tech stuff, you're not going to come back to church and sit in the back. Or you, you're going to be like, I can't even hear. Or you're going to start shushing each other. Like, shush, I'm trying to listen and I can't hear. If the lights go out right now, there are lights. If the lights go down, Things just aren't as near as much fun, right? You can't see what's going on. Again, the people, especially online, are like, I don't, I don't know what's happening here. It's if you bring the lights back up. One more idea. We've got different ministries happening all around the church right now. Right now, we've got people back watching the children. How many of you know it would affect our spiritual experience in the midst of this teaching time if you just added 20 toddlers to the room? <laughs> Some people went, oh, that's hell. You just described hell. No, sorry. I said, uh, for some of you, like, oh, that would be great. Wouldn't it be great to have 20 toddlers? <laughs> so you guys can fight about that later, whether that's heaven or hell. But it would affect, it would make, that makes it a different experience. So you get the point. 
Here you can write this down. Without individuals playing their part, the ministry of God falls apart. And that illustration is not just about us in the ministry here. That's the big church doing all kinds of things out in the city, in our community center, or the big church, the, the multiple churches, the good churches in our city. By the way, I'm talking about being in a healthy church. If, don't, be in a, don't be in an unhealthy church. Make sense? Find a good church. If you don't think this is a healthy church, find a healthy church. I didn't say perfect church. Find a healthy church where people are growing, Jesus Christ is being honored, they're using the Bible. Find a healthy church. But without individuals playing their part, the ministry of God falls apart. On a positive note to finish up this point, because you might think, oh, what I offer, my skills are just not that great. And then I would like to paint a picture, but your skills plus the body of Christ and the hand of God, it works. It works. And that reminded me of an old story. Uh, Maybe you've heard it. It just reminded me of this old story. It's titled, at least in some places, it's called The Master's Hand. It's a story, maybe it's just a legend, about a mom, a little boy, and a famous concert pianist named Ignacy Paderewski. That was a real person, uh, was a classical pianist, uh, end of the 19th century and early 20th century. Here's how the story goes. Wishing to encourage her young son's progress on the piano, a mother took her five-year-old boy to a concert of the famous pianist Paderewski. After finding their seats near the front in the huge auditorium, the mother spotted a friend in the audience and made her way across the aisle to greet her. The inquisitive boy seized the opportunity to go exploring. He began to wander the building, unfettered by his mother's oversight. Shortly, the house lights dimmed to to signal the beginning of the concert, and the mother made her way back to her seat. There she discovers that her son is gone. Simultaneously, the curtains part, and a spotlight lit up the impressive grand piano on the stage and revealed the location of her son. He is sitting at the keyboard. He then begins to play chopsticks. The crowd reacts with frustration. Who would bring a child to a classical concert, one man yells. When Paderewski heard the uproar from backstage, he grabbed his coat and rushed on the stage. Realizing what was going on, he went up to the piano. He reached around the little boy from behind. He began to improvise a counter melody to chopsticks and quickly began to whisper in the boy's ear, keep going, don't quit, son, you're doing great, don't stop, keep going, don't stop, you're doing great. And together, they ended up performing a masterpiece. Isn't that cool? Not a bad picture of when we offer our chopsticks, right, to God, and God comes alongside and says, that's all I need. Just keep doing that, and I'll make it amazing. 
So to finish up the point, a question will come up on the screen. What chopsticks am I offering? For those of you that are offering God your skills, keep going. I can imagine the Father saying, don't quit. Keep going. Don't stop. Keep going, daughter. Keep going, son. For, the, for those of you that are not, you're missing an opportunity to be used by God to make a difference. For the kingdom of God, for eternal things. And if you're just exploring who God is, I want part of the, I, I already went on this tangent, I won't go again, <laughs> but part of the wonder of being a follower of Jesus is he calls us to do things that are outside of ourself and he adds his grace and his mercy because we're not all that great. And he says, this is going to work. I'm going to use you to do great things. So get and stay in the church because the church needs your skills. The second idea is get and stay in the church because the church is a safer place. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. You could say the church is a better place. By the way, I'm not going to say the church is a perfect place. Because it's not. How many of you have ever experienced something not so perfect from a Christian or from people in the church? I'll just wait till we all raise our hand. Okay, that's great. Right? It's all online, you guys are going, yeah, that's why I'm not here. That's why you're not here. Because you don't trust us. Right? Bad stuff happens even within the church. I'm going to begin this point with a story of a, of a it was basically a, a word picture that a guy gave me early in my Christian walk that helped me stay in the church when I started to get disappointing, disappointed with the church. He, he, uh, I had been a Christian probably only a few months and already had experienced some things. I'm like, well, that's not great, and this is not great. And, and he said to my mentor said, Mark, here's, here's how the church works. He says, the church is like Noah's Ark. If you don't know about Noah's Ark, it's a pretty simple Old Testament story. He says, the church is like Noah's Ark. Being in the church is like being in Noah's Ark. Imagine what it would be like to be in Noah's Ark. You've got a watertight box filled with hundreds of animals for an extended period of time. Can you imagine? And then you add to that, you're going to be on the sea doing this. It's not a, a great place to be, not, not so much. But then he said, but compared to that, if you get out of the ark, what's outside of the ark? There's nothing but a flood and death. It's better, even though it can be difficult, better inside the ark than outside of the ark. I am so glad he told me that story. Uh, honestly, I may not still be a Christian if he had not told me that story back then, because disappointment's part of the body of Christ, but it's way better inside than outside. Um, now back to the text, it's not just though, I would tell you, the church is not just a stinky place to live. It also brings some amazing things that you will not find outside in, in just regular non-Christian community. In our text in verse 22, it talks about some of the things that I have experienced fairly regularly in the body of Christ that you will not experience near like you would out away from church. It says, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. 
It's how we care for each other. Verse 23 says, the parts we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. goes on to talk about treating unpresentable parts with special modesty. All this points to the care that can happen in the church. Verse 25 says we have equal concern for each other. We're going to pause now. I became aware of uh, an individual before service that is going through went through a really difficult time. They were emotional, uh, and it made me stop and think about how many people today here with us had like arguably the world's worst week. So we're just going to pause and pray. If you had a horrible, horrible week. Would you be willing to stand where you are and we're going to pray for 20 seconds because the church cares about your horrible week? Would you stand up? Horrible week. Anybody? Over here. Thanks. Anybody? You just know. Horrible week. Maybe it's been something so traumatic like it's been three weeks. Anybody else? All right, church, we're just going to pray. Father, we pray for these people because we just have concern for them. And we ask in the name of Jesus that you would bring help, comfort, I don't know, courage, peace. Because it's what's supposed to happen in the church is we're supposed to care. And we do. So we just care for you guys. And Father, will you bring them help and show us if there are ways we can help them as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Um, we're supposed to have, con we have concern. We're supposed to, and we do. A healthy church has concern for people. Uh, I don't think I gave you this fill in the blank. There is no better to, plant, to place, I'm so sorry. There is no better place to plant yourself than a healthy church. And I would argue, for those of us who are disconnected, this especially for those of you who are, maybe you're vacationing and so you're just joining us online with it today, but the, for the people that are just, try, just doing virtual church, you know, or you're just doing, you know, there's, there, hey, how about this? Over the last few years, how do you know it's been a lot easier to just start doing your spiritual life away from really being connected to people? Is that not your world, right? It would be easy. To, I want to challenge that because I'm telling you, too distant. Hey, I think we have a, a, something on the screen. Better care happens in proximity. What's that thing we got? This. Care is way better within physical proximity. There are limitations to our virtual world, my friends. Can we just admit it? Your podcast person is not going to visit you in the hospital. They may inspire you. That's not going to happen. A blogger 
might give you some great ideas, but they're probably not going to sit and listen to your story. They want you to hear their story, but they're not going to listen to your story for an hour, which is sometimes really helpful. Because if someone will listen to your story for an hour, then they will know how to pray specifically and they'll bring more, right? That matters. This stuff matters. In proximity matters. A virtual hug. There's, hi, everybody online. It's sweet, like little emojis or whatever this, you know, things, gifts, things, you know. That is not, can I just tell you, that is not the same. And it's not the best. And in some ways, oh, oh, last, we're really going to close here in a minute. If you end up in a real spiritual battle or a real mess, right? Like your, your kids, like they, they're in a, a traumatic something or your marriage or your friendships or emotionally, emotionally you end up in some dark pit place or physically you get cancer you're going to need more than a Facebook group it's just reality that's why you should be in community last fill in the blank it's just a question for us to assess Will I admit I'm too alone for my own good? If so, you have a decision to make. Life, it's life change weekend for some of us. Some of us, because of some decisions we'll make today, in six months, our life will be way better, way safer, way more meaningful. You can remain seated because I'm going to pray for a few minutes before we do kind of the closing thing. But we are going to move into a time of prayer. So God, I pray for these folks. I pray for those online. And I pray that, Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would do course correction for anybody here who is way more alone than you want them to be. Some of you today need to forgive the hurt that happened somewhere, sometime, way back when in the church. You need to get over that. It's the devil who's used that to keep you away from community. Likely there are others online or here. You keep running. You keep running to the next buzz or self-serving thing when the thing that's going to change you is you need to get involved in serving somebody else. Does that resonate with anybody? If you feel like, wow, that's God talking to me, would you just raise your hand and wave at me? I won't make you do anything else. Like, you're so, yeah, that makes sense. I, I see that. 
Anybody else? I, that's it's just a big deal. God has made us to have an impact on other people. Forgiveness, purpose. Uh, last thing that comes to my mind is some of you are running like, like Forrest Gump. But your pace is so fast. You're just running. You need to, God would say to you today, stop. No one can keep up with you. That's why you don't have any friends. Nobody can keep up with you. You just run and run and run. Maybe other things that come to your mind. So as we get ready to pray a closing prayer, if there's something that's stirred in you, don't leave quickly. Either sit in your seat or come over here and get some prayer. Try to just make some move towards a more healthy place. God will show you. You don't even have to do it perfectly. He'll put his little arms around you. You play chopsticks and he'll do the rest. Why don't you stand? Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.